0: Angel armies, is always by my side. The one who reigns forever, he is a friend of mine. The God of angel armies is always by my side. My strength me. I know who stands behind. The God of angel armies is always by my side. The one who
1: One more time in two
2: thousand twenty. My foes are many, they rise against me, but I will hold my ground. Fear the war. I will not fear the storm. My help is on the way. My help is on the way. Oh, my God, He will not delay my refuge.
1: Christmas song
3: the way that leads on high and close the path to me miss-
1: Right, here we are, last week of 2020. Don't get that excited, because the same stuff's happening in 2021, I hate to tell you. This week, it's not going to go, oh, it's time to stop, you know, but anyway. Remember how fun it was this time last year? We're looking for that 2020 end of the decade, it was going to get exciting, and boy, did we get kicked in the rear end, didn't we, all right? But hey, God's good through all of it, right? That wasn't convincing. All right, so anyway, we'll... Maybe that's why you're here. You need to know. All right, so um, let's go ahead. We're going to touch on uh, some prayer requests, first of all. We are in the last week of the year, as I said, and also the last week of our series, Hark the Carols. So have you enjoyed some of this? Hark the Carols. I have really kind of enjoyed the Christmas music uh, this year, um, just kind of getting into that, trying to force myself to get into some, some kind of Christmas mode when I said, like, I feel like I'm in the early... My, mentally, I feel like I'm early fall. Because um, somehow I lost like a whole bulk of the year. Um, but anyway, um, I don't want to go back and add to it because it's enough. But anyway, let's take a look at some of our prayer uh, concerns. And what, we, um, what we're going to do, we'll do our prayers. And then we will also um, go on week 41 of our Unite 714 prayer, which we are use, doing, uh, asking people to join us 714 in the morning, 714 in the evening. And uh, let, since we're doing New Year's resolutions, let's just kick that back in. You can find that information on our website at havencc.org or you can go directly to unite714.com and um, there's 180 nations participating in that, um, churches from all around the world, participating in the way so that we can go ahead and pray that God will heal our land if we humble ourselves and come to him. All right, so let's lift up, lift up some of these prayers. Um, uh, Robin Hildebrand asked for prayers for Vicki Kovenaber, who has COVID and many health issues. Martina Cox for healing. Um, also, um, also Holly Kip, co-worker's cancer relapsed, uh, and for 2021 to have a good start, and several other out, uh, unspoken prayers as well. Joanna, all those battling COVID, right? As you're your COVID survivors, there we go, right? Uh, many of those, more and more. Remember back in the early day where people would say, oh, "I know somebody has COVID." Now it's like, yeah, so so you know, so we're getting there, right? We're getting there better, um, and. For her brother-in-law, who's in a COVID unit, who's really struggling um, with that. For Lou, his health, um, and for Ginny, who's been in isolation, and for Liz, also, uh, don't, do not forget those who have lost Liz, who had lost this um, with Gary's passing this, uh, this past couple weeks. Kathy Sullivan also lifted up Hunter Smith, four weeks old, and is at CHOP with a brain tumor. His parents are Jordan Yednek and Bruce Smith. And grandparents Wayne and Becky, young, so we want to continue to have lift them in your prayers um, and that was that came about, I believe on um, on Christmas Eve, I think, and so we want to go ahead and continue to lift them up the mixture of a joy of a birth, and then um, that that horrific nature there. Um, I know that uh, Reagan and Sarah had lifted up their son, who is coming to grips with some addiction so and, and coming and really getting help for that so we 're Thankful for that. was dealing with alcohol and other kinds of things. So, um, And there several other prayers that we, we have. I know there was a girl that was missing in Newark um, that um, was lifted up in prayers. Um, so we'll continue to lift uh, prayers that, that that all resolved itself. All right? Okay, let's go to the Lord in prayer right now, if you will. Um, in Matthew 6, 9 through 13, it says, Pray then, like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us This day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So, Lord, you you teach us to pray, lead us not into temptation. In the midst of this pandemic and the pain it has wrought, we can daily be tempted to become cynical, angry, frightened, and unbelieving. Yet we look to you, look to you, Jesus, today. We find strength and comfort in the fact that you too lived in a world of hopelessness, oppression, and pain. And you were tempted in every possible way, yet you never sinned. So fill us with fresh resolve as we take our stand against these temptations. You say my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. So God, we are expecting 2021 to be a big, powerful year in you. So Lord, in a world overwhelmed by rage, hopelessness, Despair and terror, we refuse to begin to succumb to the enticing temptation of these deadly emotions. We resist the devil, knowing that he must flee, <clears throat> and combat him with these following words Satan, in the name of Jesus, we resist you. Instead, we say yes to our Heavenly Father and His will for our lives. <clears throat> we will not slip away quietly into darkness and depression, the relentless highway to emotional doom, but lured with millions of other believers, we stand before your throne and boldly say, COVID-19, be uprooted from our planet, be replaced with a fresh revival of God's presence and his spirit. And so, Heavenly Father, our world is in an evil hour. Therefore, we utter these final words in the prayer of your son Jesus, who told us to pray. We pray, deliver us from evil. The evils of COVID-19 are restlessness, calamities, uh, Panic, polarization, economic chaos, and you promise to never give us more than what we can handle and what we can bear without providing a way of escape so we can endure it. And so we choose to live in the protection and the security of your presence and promises today. We take our stand with you on spiritual harvest fields of our broken cities and nations and in the face of brazen evil and unceasing temptation. And so in the name of Jesus, we boldly ask you to deliver us from this present evil, through the growth of your church and the advance of your kingdom in the world, reveal and deal with the deceptive strategies of the enemy and heal both our hearts and the hearts of those around us from all poisonous effects of these strategies. May your kingdom come. May your will be done. Deliver us from evil, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'd also like to add to that, I hope we never get back to normal. I hope that we embrace this year and realize the importance of the things that we uh, have taken for granted. The, the taking for granted of just leaving our houses and heading to a store or a restaurant and going, ah, I for, and we didn't have to say, oh, I forgot my mask. Or just going ahead and being able to be with people during, um, during holidays. Um, just beginning to, I don't know, to gather with a group of believers and to not have to worry about uh, certain things and social distancing. There's something that doesn't seem right about social distancing in the church, right? Um, and yet... Um, we also keep in mind that there are those who are suffering every day, and if it wasn't COVID-19, there's something else. Um, but I think all this kind of did lead and help us recognize that there's other things going on in the world that we may not have known, or we may have known and just turned a blind eye to it um, with all of our isms that we have and all of our struggles. This has been a year that the history books uh, can write down, and, um, and hopefully it'll be history sometime soon. And I pray that we do have a revival um, in our land, or that Jesus just comes back. That would work for me, all right? So, okay, a couple other things that we're looking at. Um, Tomorrow, you can register for our Sunday school kids for next week, for the January 3rd session. It's been great to see them. They're having a great time um, and getting them back. I miss them all running around and all that kind of good stuff. Um, And then again, two other things. Uh, This time of year is one that is a major emotional thing for many people. So if you are uh, in need of a Stephen minister, one to help you uh, to work through some stuff in life. Um, so no one is made to go through anything alone. Uh, and so, um, so we have some trained Stephen ministers who are, are willing to help, listen, be there, confidential, and they're, they're also um, just, just really good, good people to be there in any kind of way. So if you want to share that. Also, we recognize um, last year uh, we, we had a, a large group, and I know we're excited about having another uh, group um, 13 weeks, beginning January the 18th, via Zoom and in person. they are going to be social distance in person, but also um, on Zoom. Uh, we're going to begin our next series of Grief Share. And this year has had a lot of it um, in many different forms, whether it be death or loss, or whether it be, um, be just the loss of jobs, the loss of relationships, other kind of things. Grease share. I have not heard one person ever go through Grease share, or be part of Grease share, and say, "Wow, I wasted my time there." Um, so I, I challenge everybody to go ahead and just, if you if you need to connect to that, um, so that means, hey, if you're not in the area, you're just visiting, you can connect via Zoom. It's it's available for you, and they've worked all out all the. It's not new to you anymore, right? Um, we're we're used to this kind of um, kind of uh, uh, connecting with other people, and so we, I challenge you to go ahead. And again, that will be. Uh, January the 18th, and you can, uh, if you want more information, just go ahead and email griefshare at havencc.org. Also, some of you receive bulletins. Others, if you would like a digital bulletin, I believe there is um, one right up here. Again, how do you do that? Hold up your nice little camera, hold up there, push it on, and then you have a digital version of that. Man, are we in the 21st century, aren't we? Um, So uh, I wonder if John Wesley ever thought, um, or the disciples ever thought that, uh, Uh, That, hey, one day you'll pull out a phone and be able to go, they probably didn't even know what a phone was, right? But uh, anyway, it's all good. Everybody all good? All right, so we are in our last week of the year, and our last week of the series, um, Hark the Carols. And um, we've been going ahead and we spent the last four weeks taking these uh, fun, like uh, the Christmas carols that mean something to us. We couldn't do them all, so we'd be here for half the year. Anybody remember what week one was? You failed. Remember, O Holy Night? No, no, no. Didn't do Hark the Herald, but remember, O um, O Holy Night? Just shake your head. Make me feel good. All right, it's last year. year. All right, so um, we did uh, O uh, O Holy Night. The next one was another O. O come, O ye faithful. There we go. Um, And then last week, Away in a Manger. And then this week is O come, O come, Emmanuel. So all all of them had. Um, an O in front of them, except for uh, last week. So we are. this is our last week again, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. One of my favorite ones. Again, I say this every week. Um, but let's talk about Ocum Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And let's talk about the history. I'm going to show you two people up here. Um, the lyrics of this carol actually came, they were written somewhere in the 8th to the 12th century. Um, and during this era in church, It was, and and particularly in the the main church at the time was the Catholic Church, and they would either sing or more chants. Everybody's heard Gregorian chants? So this is what would happen. When someone would read the Psalms, they had certain uh, chants that they would say after someone read the Psalms. And there were some that actually became the O. They would say O something before them, and they became known as the O antiphons. So they repeat after this. So the first line after these... Would, uh, would be birthed and would say oh something and there were seven of them and the first one that was ever done was the one it would be veni veni uh, Emmanuel um, and that's how they would start it was in Latin so veni means oh so oh come and so it was like that's where it came from O oh, come O oh, come Emmanuel was one of them another one was O oh, come thou rod of Jesse which is another line in the uh, in the uh, Christmas carol right Everybody know this? And then, O come thou Dayspring, come on high. Um, O come thou King of uh, David, come. O come Adonai, Lord of might. And so what what this carol did is it took five of those seven O Antiphons and basically sang those chants and put it to this theme. Now the two people that are here, the first one, the guy on that side who looks really, really happy, um, there he is. He is a pastor, and um, his name is... John Mason Neal and John Mason Neal um, loved to, he put together songs, he also was, is credited with the, the old one um, Good King Wenceslas out, remember that one? On the Feast of Stephen um, and so he was credited with that one so he is probably one who has two songs um, in, in Christmas time and um, he lived 1818 to 1866 and he wanted to take medieval Greek and Latin hymns in his spare time. Anybody does that in your spare time? You take medieval, Greek, and Latin and translate them. But that's what he did. And he wanted to focus really around the ones around the feast of the Christmas year. And also, Henry, Slo- Henry Sloan Coffin, the other happy guy here, he went ahead and um, helped translate. And one of his uh, claims to fame is that he was on the cover of Time magazine. So there you go. See, And it was that picture. Didn't he look good? He looks like some of you do after this year. Um, but and what we've been doing in this series is we've been taking a phrase um, from each hymn. And you remember from the first week, the weary world. Remember, the weary world rejoices. We talked about that. And, um, and so we've been doing this um, several, several weeks. And so today um, I'm picking out this phrase, Emmanuel. One word today. One word, Emmanuel. So what does Emmanuel mean? Emmanuel means God with us, God with us. So I have a question for you. Who has ever in your life prayed, God, be with me, or God, be with us? Anyone? Let me give you some examples of that. Have you ever prayed like, uh, you may have prayed this, God, um, pray for us, be with us as we travel. Um, And don't let the kids kill each other in the back or let me kill them on the way, right? Anybody ever prayed something like that? It's going on a a long trip. Um, When I think about that, I think about when the kids were in the car seats and they were crying and you're driving miles and that just horrific cry. Anybody know what I'm talking about there? All right. Or when they're like fighting, it's good. We we drove back and forth to Disney twice. And I said, never again. Never again. Not going to do that again. All right. Um, What about God be with us, God be with me as I go Christmas shopping so I can find a parking spot? Anybody ever prayed that? Um, uh, What about this one? God be with me as I go on this blind date with this guy and make sure he's not a complete psycho stalker. Maybe you prayed that. Anybody? Anybody? Okay. that we have that one. Or God be with me as I take my final exam, even though I didn't study at all and I should have studied more. God be with me and give me those answers. I always, loved, I always loved when, uh, back in the day, when you would take an exam and you had a blue book. Anybody remember blue books? They, and you would take them and they were like just paper and you know, and my handwriting is horrific. And so I remember if I knew something started with an A and had an I and a T, I'd scribble it out and hope I got credit for it, you know. But anyway, my days of taking exams are long gone, all right? Um, so we're going to, what we're going to do right now, we're going to look at um, Matthew, uh, we're going to look at some of Matthew as, uh, as we relate to this hymn up here, which says, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel, that mourns in lowly exile here until the Son of God appears. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. O come, thou rod of Jesse, um, free thine own from Satan's tyranny. From depths of hell thy people save, and give them victory o'er the grave. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. O come, desire of nations blind, O people in um, the hearts of all mankind. Bid thou the sound division cease, and be thyself our king of peace. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel, shall come to thee, O Israel. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel, and come, come to thee, O Israel. And so when we look at this, I want to take a look today from... Matthew chapter 1 verses 21 through 23 and here we have this this thing uh, this this statement to to Mary here and and this it says she will give birth to a son Matthew writes this and you are to give him the name this is what the angel is saying and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins we talked a little bit about that um, that that's the reason why Jesus came we talked about that on Christmas Eve um All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. Now, let's stop here. What prophet is he talking about? He's talking about Isaiah. Now, this is the announcement to Mary. Then he says to the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, it says, therefore, the Lord himself will give a sign, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him what? Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Wait, I thought his name was Jesus. It is. God is with us to save us. Everybody got that? God is with us to save us. So that announcement is fulfilling exactly what the prophet said sometime before. 740 years before the event ever took place, Isaiah gave this and Matthew shared it. Now, here's what's really, really cool about this Isaiah said it 740 years previously. Anybody do the math? How old is our country? He's old okay, good seventeen seventy six you do the math, all right um, so you can say almost pretty much double plus the age of our country that 's what Isaiah said, and now now it 's being fulfilled now, people from the time of local synagogue school would hear this, they understood this, they prayed for this, they desired it, they wanted it, and yet all of a sudden, the cool thing is. Matthew now makes the announcement to everyone. And aren't you just kind of blown away by how big God is, how amazing God is? That over seven centuries before, the pro- before this ever happened, he gave a prophecy to Isaiah. And what Matthew said is this. He says, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, which they will call him Emmanuel. He quotes that section from Isaiah, which means God with us. Now, this is the most earth-shattering news because everybody listening, as I said, knew this. You see, and, they, and what he is saying is this God who was here, because in the, in the Hebrew thought, you couldn't even say or write the name, you couldn't write the name God because God is so holy. And their history was if God came in, your, in the presence of you, then you would, have, you, would, you would be dead. For instance, they knew the story of Moses that when he couldn't meet God face to face because he'd have to cover his his face and he had to not look upon God. And Moses was afraid that he would die in the presence of God initially. When God dwelt in the temple, the temple was the place where people worshipped and they were forgiven for sins. And only once a year could the high priest go into the Holy of Holies, where the Ark of the Covenant was, to give first a, to, they had a sacrifice system to put blood on for his own sins and for the people. And what they used to do, he had bells around his robe. And so everybody would stand outside and listen for the bells ding, 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 while he was walking. And they would hear them. And the, the, what they also did is they tied a rope around his leg. Okay, because you had you had the the temple courts and then you had the Holy, and then you had the, the most holy place behind the curtain. And if those bells stopped, they would wait a while. And the reason why is the rope would be outside so they could pull him out in case he didn't do it right and died. All right, that's a that's called... You would get definitely hazard pay for that job, am I right? He's going in there. He's got a rope. Anybody want to sign up to do that? Uh, God, here I come. i got to do everything right. Or, boom, dead, drag him out. And that was the understanding. Um, the understanding that went on there. So this is what they're dealing with. They're praying for, uh, for the Messiah, Emmanuel, God with us. They say that they, they, uh, Isaiah said he will be Emmanuel, God with us. And then all of a sudden Matthew says, hey, guess what everybody? God is here. All that they had looked for forever. So the question that, I, that I'm thinking is what made the shepherds in the fields stop what they were doing and take off? To Bethlehem what was it that caused the wise men to make a journey of probably maybe two years and to go ahead and fall on their face and give the gifts gold frankincense and myrrh and bow down and worship this baby or this toddler it was Emmanuel because God is not a distant far-off uninvolved God like many people want to believe God is not someone who just watches over us and kicks back and says, look at these guys going on here. This is ridiculous. Look at them messing up. No, God was now with us. The creator and sustainer of the universe is a relational God who wants to have a relationship with you, and he stripped himself of his his glory in order to become, in our form, in the form of a baby, to deal with everything that we had to deal with. He was all God and yet all human, and he dwelt on earth. As John wrote it in John 1:14, which we look at as so poetic, where he says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. But then he says, and the, in verse 14, the Word became flesh, and made its dwelling among us. The term actually is tabernacled, and if you know anything about the Old Testament, the tabernacle was the center point of the the Israel the Israelites when they encamped. All the tribes around them. It was the center point. So what Jesus came to do was number one, Jesus came. To be with us, Emmanuel, he came to save us and he came to be the center point of our lives. In order for Jesus to be the center, to, to do those things, to be with us, he, can't, Jesus, it doesn't allow for Jesus to be on the fringe of our lives, on the outskirts. It doesn't allow him um, to, to be uh, just with us when we, we think we need him a little bit. He wants to be right smack dab in the middle of our lives and everything flow from there. Okay, everybody getting an image of what's going on here? I know you're on. Um, you're on mistletoe hangover, right? Okay, I got it, right? But you, you know what I mean? And so this is where, what Matthew does. And all of a sudden, all the system is going, and, and they felt that God was far off, and you have this priest who's doing this, and they're outside, and they're removed from God. And if God ever came near you, look out, because you're going to die. And this is the relationship that they're having with God at this point. And all of a sudden, Matthew says, You he's here. And that was what the angel Gabriel said. Recorded. But, and it's the best news ever, except for there's a problem. The problem is many of us don't believe that. We simply don't believe it. For instance, some in the sound of my voice, you may not believe in God. So you're not going to believe that God's here. If you don't believe in God and you don't believe in him, then guess what? You're not going to say, well, he's here, because you don't believe he's anywhere. And that's just where you are right now. Others, you're Christians, and yet when I tell you God is with you, you're kind of like, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Really? God is with me? Well, then God's going through a lot of crap right now because I am too. I don't feel him. I don't see him. I don't experience him. I certainly don't hear him. So wherever he is, he's playing a good game of hide and seek if he's with me. And that's what some people feel like. Some of you right now are in a very difficult spot in your life. This time of year has done anything else but build you up. It may ha- maybe has magnified your pain. It magnified your loss. It may have given, made you more frustrated, depressed. You may kick on the, uh, the wonderful gift of social media and see people happy and smiling and festive, and you're miserable and you're alone, and you don't like it at all. You may have a relational tension where things are not right with relationships that you have. You may have gotten some bad news about health issues. You may have experienced loss. Whatever it is you're going through, you're thinking, where's God in this? I don't feel God. I don't see God. I don't experience God. And if if God is there, then what's going on? So Jack explained to me, where is this Emmanuel, God with us? Because I ain't feeling it. I certainly, looking back on the last year, ain't seeing it anywhere. So my goal today is simply this. That you would be convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that God was, is, and will be with you. Because he is Emmanuel, God, with us. And as you enter this next year of 2021, right, um, that you will enter this in a different way, not in a way of, gosh, I ain't feeling it. And I need this too, big time. That God is with us. He goes before us. And he's he's already there. And he knows what's going to happen. And if you really believe and buy into that and embrace it, then the simple fact is simply this. That it will change your life. It will change your outlook on where we're going. Okay, you ready? Okay, I hope so. We may have to put a rope on some of you to get you out of the door today, all right? Uh, But anyway, all right. So God, first thing, God is with you. Everybody say God is with you. There you go. That's good. All right. So God is with you. Um, In Luke 1, 28, the angel Gabriel appears to teenage, teenage, young teenage Mary. And he says this, the angel went to her and said, greetings, very polite angel. Hello there, how are you doing? All right, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is what? The Lord is with you. The very first truth that the angel tells Mary is God is with you. The very first thing. And uh, that's important. The Lord is with you. Some of you are hurting right now and you need to know that, hey, Greetings. The Lord is with you. Regardless of what your situation is, you can tell me everything, everything you're dealing with. You could be sitting right now in the sound of my voice dealing with, um, with, you could be dealing with COVID. It could be really bad, but I'm here to tell you God is with you. You could be dealing with loss and loneliness. Guess what? I'm going to tell you, you're not alone because guess what? God is with you. Um, you could be dealing with financial ruin. I'm going to tell you, guess what? God is with you in this. God is with you. That is what we need to embrace, that God is with you. You may be depressed beyond, beyond um, reason, beyond all kinds of comprehension. You are just so depressed and you've had enough of everything. And let me tell you something. God is with you. And you may not feel it. You may not, you may not see it. But I'm just telling you, he is there. He is there. Scripture says, our God is the God of all comfort who comforts us in our trials. And I want to share with you, the Greek word for comfort is this. It is parakleteo, para, and, and the Holy Spirit is called the paraklete, or the parakletos. And this is somebody, it, it's in referring to, to the Holy Spirit, it is someone who comes alongside of you. Comes alongside of you. So para means alongside, and kleto means called to. Our God comes alongside of you to minister to you in times of trouble, and that's a really good picture. It, um, it, it, it actually gets its term in the Greek for when they would have a court case, they would have the purest form of an attorney, that you are facing a trial, but you're not doing it alone. Somebody is next to you and saying, hey, I'm going on your behalf. Isn't it good to know that Jesus is constantly doing that for your and my mess in heaven every day? That when I mess up... Um, and, and I seek forgiveness from Christ. I deserve the wrath of God, but every time that happens, Jesus says, excuse me, Paracletos here, uh, I paid for that price. Hey, it's all good. I paid for it. He's constantly doing that. And then when I'm going through the trials of my life, he goes, Jack, I'm right here. Jack, I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm right here. All right? And I get it. Sometimes the emotions, sometimes the waves uh, and your thoughts are so big that you can't feel it, you can't experience it. But hang in there because he's here. He comes alongside of you. In that. But the problem is, once again, that many of us don't believe that. And so I'm going to give you an example of m- me, as a time, telling my kids I'm here. And there was a, there was a, a time, I have two, two instances. I, I told you we rode to Disney the um, first time. Well, one, one time we went, we actually flew. Okay, and we well, first time we flew down, and it was fun. We got there, and we went. We walked into Disney. Kids were real little. I think Judah was a baby. He held my dad's cane the whole time. That was his his excitement, and that was great. Um, but but um, I, I remember we went, and the first ride, I said, okay, first thing we went on, I, I took Jacob, and Miguel, and Rachel, and we went into Stitch, the Stitch thing. Anybody been to Disney? You know, what I'm talking about that Stitch thing there. So we went in there, and we sat down. And as we sat down, lights get dark, and it starts to do like, sh- sh- like some lightning. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? All right. And all of a sudden, I heard this. Ah! Ah! I'm like, wow, this is kind of scary for little kids. Wow, but that's, that's good. Ah! 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 I'm like, my gosh, whose kid is doing that? And then I look, and it's Jacob and Emigail. They're screaming. Ah! Ah! I look at Rachel. She's going. I said it's okay, Daddy's here. Ah, 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 ah. And they're like, they had to come over and help us get out. I was so mad, I was so furious. I told you I was there. What are you first ride ever? You know, I'm I'm so furious because it wasn't too bad. You know, they were just freaked out. They're sitting there. Rachel, you were fine, weren't you, Rachel? Yeah, she was good. And Miguel, you were not, right? No. And Miguel and Jacob were like, ah, they're the older two. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Uh, another time, we were on that haunted mansion. Right in there, I had Hannah next to me, and we get in there, and we're at this part, and it's where, like, if you've been in there, like, where the door knockers are knocking on the walls, you know, know what I'm talking about, and all of a sudden, it stops, and we turn backwards, and Hannah goes, I said, "Ah, it's okay, honey, I got you, and she was cool, she was fine, she was like, but you could tell those eyes were like this, but probably the worst time, I'm going to get all my kids today, all right, Um, the worst time was when we decided to go to Plumpton Park Zoo for zombies at the zoo. Anybody remember this? Anybody gone there? We went to zombies at the zoo. I figured, how bad could this be? So we go in, and we, they put you in this like, little, like I don't know, shed room or whatever. And these Cecil County paranormal, whatever, I don't know what they were talking about. But they started talking about stuff. And Hannah was real little, and Judah was even littler. And they went, they were freaking out in there. And, and this woman tried to say something, and Hannah was like, no, no, shut up no, shut up, no, I'm like, Hannah, be nice, no, shut up, no, so they said, okay, well, you can go down here, we went down this dark, like, basement cellar, just to let you know, I'm like, daddy's here, and her head was buried in here the whole time, and I'm like, just keep moving, just keep moving, daddy's got you, daddy's got you, and somebody was like, oh, I said, no, 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 stay awake, stay, get, get, go, go, she's like, Aah. and I'm like, I thought she was like going to like, and, like chew through half of my body and get in there. Judah's screaming behind. She's screaming in front. I'm like, boy, this is fun. Let's go to Pizza Boy and get something to eat, you know? But the thing was, when I thought about that, zombies I mean, at the zoo, is that Hannah, after telling the woman to shut up, which I thought was very funny myself, uh, but um, she latched on to me and held on because she was scared about what was going on around her. She was unsure of what was going to happen but she knew that her daddy was right there and she was going to be okay. And one of the things that we've got to embrace is recognize that Emmanuel is with us that regardless of what's going on around us and there's been a lot of garbage that's going on around us and there's probably a lot that's going on around you today and maybe a lot that's going on inside you. You need to recognize your daddy is there and you're going to be okay. And, and when you embrace that, we get to understand that just like I was alongside Hannah to get her through that scary moment, God, the paracleto, is right there with you to get you to the other side and to get you to Pizza Boy. You know what I mean? <laughs> when we understand that the God of the universe, the all-knowing, all-powerful, ever-present God is with you it should change absolutely everything. If you're lost and don't know where to go and have a lot of uncertainty, God is with you and can be your guide. If you're hurting and feel alone, He is with you to be your friend. If you're in the middle of a trial, God is with you as the comforter. If you're sick, God is with you as a healer. If you're weak, God is with you as your strength. If you're lost in your sin, God is with you as your Savior. I love this account that I'm just going to Read this really quickly, and then I'm just going to uh, kind of wrap this part of the section up. But I, I've always loved this. Is, this is probably like one. If, if I had to take one story <clears throat> about my life and just put it there, it would be this story uh, about relating. And it comes from Mark chapter 4, and it says, uh, That day when the evening came, Jesus <clears throat> said to his disciples, Let's go over to the other side, and leaving the crowd, be- crowd behind, They took him along, where's Jesus, with them, right, Um, just as he was in the boat. There were were also other boats with them, and a furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped, and Jesus was in the stern, uh, sleeping on a cushion, and the disciples woke him and said, teacher, don't you care if we drown? And he got up. He rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. And the wind died down, and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Why did I say this scripture is like for me? Because where was Jesus? Where was he? In the boat. And he's in the back of the boat, right? And and I I have actually been on the Sea of Galilee at a time when it was super calm when we started off and a rainstorm came up and we were in a powerboat. And just to let you know, it takes about 45 minutes to get from one side to the other in a powerful boat. So I can't imagine being in a little rowboat kind of thing and being out there. No wonder they were scared to death. Jesus is asleep in the back. They're trying to deal with things. They're bailing out water. They go and they wake him up. And they say, don't you care if we drown? So many of us forget that Jesus is in the boat. He may be in the back. And, we, and he may be, you may think he's asleep. And you get to the point in your life, my gosh, have you seen everything that's happened to us this year? Have you seen, excuse me, do you know what's going on? Don't you even care whether I drowned or not? Don't you care I drowned in, in, in sorrow and grief? I drowned in financial ruin? I drowned in the fact that I don't have a job or in my loneliness? God, don't you care when I drown? And, and you, you go and you wake him up and say, come on. And I'm grumpy when I get up. I think Jesus was too. Because he just goes, quiet, be still. And I think he was trying to talk to them too. Just shut up. Just, just shut up. And everything went... Phew. And I find it awesome that everything got completely calm. In the storms of your life, if you remember that he's there, because Jesus said at the beginning of this, let's go to the other side. And I want to tell you something, just like Hannah in walking down in that, in that place and going through that zombies at the zoo, just like my kids in the stitch thing, just like the disciples heading from one side to the other, just like you in the midst of whatever storm you're going through, when Jesus says you're going to the other side, there's going to be storms, but you can take it to the bank that when God is with you, no storm will overcome him. That he will say, peace be still, at the right time. And what I find even more importantly is, he said, why are you so afraid of the storm? And then he said, do you still have so little faith? Once he calmed everything, they were even more frightened. It says they were terrified and said, who the heck is this? For many of us, we may know about Jesus. We may have Jesus somewhere, but you don't know him as the one who calms the storms in your life. And you need to know that. And guess what? You'll be even more freaked out when he calms those storms. I've known people who've dealt with turmoil after turmoil after turmoil. And they go from, they go from situation to situation, turmoil to turmoil. And then when Jesus reaches the point and he calms them, they get more freaked out because they don't know how to live life without turmoil. Jesus wants to say, peace be still. Quiet. And let him speak to you more and more time again. Number two, God was with you. God was with you. He was with you in the past, and if you look back over your lifetime, sometimes God is easier to see in the rearview mirror than he is in the present. Look back over your lives. Maybe you're like the biblical example of Joseph in the Old Testament, not, not Joey, who we talked about the other night, not his, fa- his earthly father, but Joseph in the Old Testament. He was a little cocky. He was a mama's boy. He was so cocky and a mama's boy while his brothers were working outside, he came out in this nice little richly ornamented robe that his mommy gave him and his daddy gave him. He was their favorite. And he comes out and says, hey, I had a dream that all you guys are going to bow down to me. How's that for you? And so they decided, hey, when they saw him coming again, they said, let's do something with that sucker. You really got to hate your brother to go ahead and throw him in a hole and to sell him to slavery. That's really bad. That's a really bad relationship. So they did that, and he was... uh, He was thrown in. Um, He then goes; he's sold into slavery. He's working for a guy named Potiphar. Potiphar's wife thought "Mm, he looks good to me. He stayed away from her. She tore his clothes off. She really wanted him, and um, then she said he tried to rape her. So guess what? They threw him in prison. And then he talked to some uh, a cupbearer and some other people, and they said, "Don't forget me with the king." And guess what they did? Forgot him. He sat in there a while, and then somebody's like, "Oh my gosh, yeah, I forgot about Joseph." He comes out, and then all of a sudden he ends up becoming second to only Pharaoh in the kingdom. When he was thrown in that pit, and when he was in the prison, I don't think he thought, Woo! God is here. But the pit became the passage that eventually led to the palace, where he was second in charge of all of Egypt. And God used this very indirect route to put him in charge to save numerous people. In Genesis 39, 21, it says, But the Lord was what? With Joseph and showed him mercy, and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Looking back over my very own life, I can see that God at different times was there when I didn't even realize it. Even in the small things, in the ridiculous things that God was there. Whether it was uh, just after somebody who was in need, giving them $20 at a, um, when I didn't have anything at all, and giving them $20 at a gas station... Um, and so that they could fill up on gas, and then going back and putting on a pair of pants, uh, and then reaching in and pulling out a twenty-dollar bill, or it's something like that, or whether it's just, um, just you know, like having enough those days where when we look at the bills and we look and we didn't have enough, and then God just made a way whether it's just something like that or, uh, or what, what it may be, just, just praying that the cable comes on, you know what I mean? Something like that. God was there. God was with you. And if that's true, then there's only one reasonable response, to give him your entire life. God was with you if you look back over your life. Sometimes it is easier to see God in the rearview mirror than it is right now. Third thing. Everybody good? Third thing. God will be with you. And I think this is very fitting as we turn the page on a year. Um, No matter what you go through, God will be with you. When I think about Mary, this teenage girl, when the angel said, the Lord will be with you, imagine if she could have seen her future. She would have had to say, God will be with me when I conceive a child by the Holy Spirit. God will be with me when I tell Joseph. God will be with Joseph When he talks to him in a dream and say, hey, this is cool that this happened. God will be with me when people spread rumors about me. God will be with me when I travel um, on the donkey's back for a 100 miles or so um, in labor. Not a very good thing. Um, God will be with me when there's no room for us in the end. And God will be with me when I gave birth to the Son of God in a stable surrounded by Uh, Animals and laid him in a manger. God will be with me when we are on the run from Herod to save my son's life. God will be with me when my son is 12 years old and I can't find him and we discovered him in the temple asking questions and actually teaching the teachers of the law that he was about his father's business. God will be with me at a wedding feast when they ran out of wine and I just go to Jesus and say, Do something, son. And he does the first of his many miracles right there. God will be with me when I watch my son be falsely accused and persecuted. God will be with me when I watch my son suffer on a cross, brutally abused by the sinners of whose sin he would take as they drove stakes into his arm, into and uh, spikes into his wrist, into his feet. God will be with me when he looks up to heaven and he said... It is finished. God will be with me when he says, into your hands I commend my spirit. He yells at a loud cry and gives up the spirit. God will be with me when the grief and anguish overcome me so much that I fold up in a ball underneath where my son is bleeding and dying and the earth goes dark and the earth shakes. God will be with me on the first and second nights when I waited, wondered, and grieved. God will be with me on the third day And the stone was rolled away. And there was an empty tomb, and he's not there. God will be with me because he is risen. God will be with me because, Emmanuel, God is with us. And God is with me. He is God with us. He is the God who was with us. He is the God who is with us. And he is the God who will be with us. No matter what we go through, God is there. As the Apostle Paul said, and he said it this way, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Here's the question Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? What's the answer? Oh, you gotta say that better. What's the answer? No, no, it will not. No, in all things we are made more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Why? Because God is Emmanuel, God with us. And if you look at that list of things up there, when I look at it, had this 2020... Has anybody ever had trouble or hardship this year? Raise your hand real high. And if you haven't, I'm going home with you. All right? Has anybody had persecution or famine? Have you seen any of that in the world? Remember the locusts in the world that ate up everything? Anybody been naked this year? All right, so keep that to yourself. Um, that means vulnerability. Anybody been vulnerable this year? Anybody had vulnerable that you got hurt? Sort of. have you seen. Do you remember the the protests and riots where people were dying in the streets and nobody cared? Do you remember about that? Um, Did you make it through this year? You might say barely, but you are more than conquerors. Not by yourself, through him, through God with us. Because are you convinced? Anybody deal with death this year? Anybody deal with life and death? I remember when people first got, got COVID, and some people still, it goes that. I know some people like, oh my gosh, they got COVID. It was a death sentence to many people, and they had to deal with that. Anybody deal with, with a cancer thing? Anybody deal with a loss of someone? Yes, it's there. We, we live in a world where there is a battle around us with spiritual forces of wickedness, angels and demons. That's going on all the time. Anybody deal with anything in this present that has been a problem for you? Anybody looking forward to dealing with the same problems as soon as the clock changes? The present or the future, nor any powers, nor height, nor death. Anybody remember we had an election? Wasn't that fun? It's so fun, it's still going on, right? In some areas. All this stuff that exists here, you have to be convinced like the Apostle Paul that none of this stuff is going to separate us from Christ Jesus. Why? Because he's God with us, Emmanuel. And if you don't believe it, then we're going to deal with the same thing time and time again. In Revelation 1... Eight, Jesus says, I am the Alpha, I am the Omega, I am the beginning and the end, I am the first and the last, the one who was and is to come. He is Emmanuel. God wants to reveal his life, his love, his character, his goodness. He wants to be with you, loving you with all your heart, mind, and soul. He is not a God who is far off. He is not an uninvolved God. He is not one who is distant. He is not one who doesn't care. He is a God who is very, very, very present. And he loves you and he wants to let you know, hey, 2020 really stunk, didn't it? But he is still God. He is still here with you. And you are more than conquerors through him. Amen? Amen. That's all I got for this year. I'm done. All right? So let's stand up. Let's worship the Lord in this last, uh, this last song of the year and it's a fitting song it's a song called Lord I Need You and a lot of times I think we think Lord I need you and we just kind of need we say Lord I need you to come on in and right now just kind of kind of do a quick rescue a quick uh, little fix it but really what we need is we need him Every single moment of the day. I need the paraclete. I need the one who comes alongside me. I need the Lord who is is constantly there. So let's just pray. Lord God, as we come to you today, as we wrap up this year, many of us are glad to see it go. Some of us had a good year, had some really good points uh, connected to it. Um, But regardless of what it is, God, we're fooling ourselves to think that this fallen world is going to get better overnight just by the calendar switching and clicking so what we need God is we need to embrace you we need to recognize that that you're the one who guides our heart you're the one who has the best interest in mind. you're the one who is the Emmanuel who is God with us you're the one who makes all things happen God let us just give our lives to you because God you are you are Emmanuel Jesus you are God with us you were you were with us are with us you were with us and you will be with us you are the one who was is and is to come and so God whatever 2021 for me personally there's a lot of loss there's a lot of pain there's a lot of comfort there's a lot of destruction but God in the midst of that you were there you're there with the pain you're there with the healing you're there with the comfort you do not leave me alone God I know that you're not going to do the same thing Okay, Lord, where are you? And I mean, I mean, maybe I'm in the boat and the storms are going, and I'm thinking, where are you? But you say I'm right here. Be still, quiet. Be still, God. I ask that you still my life and those of many others. That there may be somebody here today that says, I don't know you. That God, you make them. You make Emmanuel real to them. And we're gonna worship you and love you, in Jesus' name.
0: come I confess
1: pray that every hour of this next year and the every hour of the remaining part of this year that you will be ever present Emmanuel to us. Have a great week. Have a happy new year. God bless. See you next year. Bye.